Hello, welcome everybody to the Other Side Sports Podcast. This is Joe Pickney along with my man Anthony Ortiz. Anthony, how you doing today, bud? Oh, having a great day, man. How about you? Hey, doing well. So fans, NASCAR fans, sports fans, uh, this is going to be a, a different podcast. Uh, we will get into uh, NASCAR, obviously the results uh, from Bristol uh, over the past weekend. We'll also talk about the startup of the NBA, which is tentatively to be uh, July 31st with 22 teams. We'll talk a little bit about that. But what we're really going to do, we're just going to talk talk about you know our country and and what's going on there's a there's there's just been a lot going on since the murder of George Floyd by the uh, four police officers there's a lot of updates there's a lot of reactions we've had a lot of statements from uh sports uh icons uh also entertainment icons uh you know regular people as ourselves and there's just a lot to discuss, so just bear with us. Uh, we just really need to talk, have this conversation. And, you know, me and Anthony, we text a lot, we talk a lot, and we just got a lot to say. So uh, we're just going to talk and get a lot of things out in the open. And uh, we appreciate everyone listening. Anthony, I'm just so honored and glad to have you as a friend and just to have you talk. But So I'll just let you go ahead and talk, and I'll listen and you know, like we normally do, serve and vibe. I think we're one of the best at it. So go ahead, bud. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, man, I got so much on my mind. I almost don't even know where to start. So um, obviously we're recording this right now, kind of later, a little bit later Wednesday night. Um, so the news kind of just broke. I don't know, maybe what, like four or five hours ago, about three o'clock today that they yeah. uh, finally arrested the other three police officers that were involved in the George uh, Floyd murder. Um, and, and man, my first reaction to that, I literally called you as soon as I heard it because I wanted to talk to you about it. My first reaction was was I was happy. But at the same time, man, I'm just disappointed that it took nine days after for it to, to happen. I mean, it's just crazy. Um, you know, that, that happened last Monday. So now we're going on, you know, nine, 10 days after the fact for those three to get charged. Um, so I was a little bit, you know, upset about that, but you know, justice is justice. So I know we had to wait a little bit for it, but at least we are getting our justice and, and of course the justice that the Floyd family deserves. So, um, second degree murder charges and then some other stuff on top of that for those three, uh, police officers that that just frankly didn't do anything and, and allowed um, George Floyd to be murdered. I mean, there's just no other way to put it. So, yeah, that's kind of my initial reaction for today was I was really happy about that. And then um, obviously we had some other sports guys that, that, you know, some positives coming out of the sports world and some negatives that I'm sure, you know, we'll touch on here shortly. But just kind of what was your first reaction, Joe, just on those hearing about those other three officers finally finally getting uh, arrested today yeah man um you know i felt uh i i, I felt you know similarly to what you felt obviously I'm, I'm happy that they made the arrest um you know the nine days just like we said um we we were wondering what took so long based on the video but you know one of the things the attorney uh uh, the attorney general of Minnesota and, and the guy did an excellent job, Keith Ellison. Um, he just talked about making sure that they had all the I's dotted and T's crossed. And the thing that I was happy um, about him in the press conference, he had been in contact with the Floyd family just to keep them updated and to, to make sure that they knew that uh, they were not going to drop the ball. So I was very, very happy about that. But yeah, man, and that just shows you how our justice system is, right? Um, yes, absolutely. We see this stuff on video and, 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 you know, the, the average person would say, okay, because if it was me or you, and we did that to somebody, we would have been locked up the, the exact same day. You follow Absolutely. Me? No doubt. But, about that. but based on all the, and that's one of the things that I'm, I'm really finding out about just the little particulars of our justice system, especially with cops and some of the immunities they have and things of this nature, man, it's, it's all that twisted language that man, that the protesting is trying to reform and get this thing to where cops can be treated 
like regular citizens when they commit crimes as is regular citizens. So just a, you know, a long answer on what you said, man. I'm elated. And, and, and now the most important thing is convictions, right? We want to make sure that these guys are, are, are prosecuted to the fullest extent that the law will allow. And, you know, obviously they up the uh, murder charges to officer. I don't even want to call him officer. Oh, my God. But, you know, Derek Shaven to uh, second degree. And the other guys, they actually got them for aiding and abetting a murder. And I, and I didn't I did not see what the penalty would be. But the biggest thing is these guys need to serve time. All of them, they need to pay for severely for what they did. And, um, and, and, and I, I, you know, I'm feeling better now with this guy that's running the actual, uh, case and everything. And I'm, and just, you know, praying to God that we get convictions, you know? Yeah, man, I agree. Obviously this is going to be an ongoing deal with our court system. Stuff doesn't happen quick as we know. So, you know, we're probably looking at a solid year out before we're even dealing with any kind of conviction uh, for any of these four guys. So yeah, this is something obviously we're going to be following for a while. Um, And and I know there'll be a lot of press on their trials, all four of them. And I just, um, I'm really just, obviously from what we saw the video i mean there's only i already got my mind made on on what i want and that's obviously convictions for all four of them so i'm hoping that we're treated to that um next year um and then yeah just just one thing just kind of just some joy that that really made me happy obviously there was some stuff that especially came out today um that didn't make me too happy but i want to get to the positives first um you know last week man i kind of called out Uh, a lot of NASCAR drivers on Twitter for not speaking up. And, um, you know, I also, we both kind of called out, you know, some, some big sports guys for not speaking out. And I'll tell you what, man, it's been really awesome the last three, four, five days to see how many people have spoke out. I was elated at what Todd Dillon said last week. He kind of started it for the NASCAR drivers. I was really, really happy to hear that from Ty. And then Tyler Reddick came on right on a board afterwards and said something. Um, we got something from Anthony Alfredo, who's an Xfinity Series driver, which I loved. And, and just all these, you know, Caucasian drivers just kind of standing with, you know, the black community, I thought was really, really important. Um, and then, Man, today, um, two things today. One, man, I'm so happy um, and just proud to call Dak Prescott our quarterback um, for what he did today, man, because – because, you know, Dak not only gets the ball rolling by talking about it, but he puts his money where his mouth is, so to speak, and donates a million dollars to help police training to kind of, you know, help bridge this, you know, issue and, and eliminate racism from the police force. So he's been the first person that I have seen that's actually put money up up to, to help with that. Man, I was just so proud of that. And, and you know, Dak is, is a different story because he comes from, a mixed family. His mother was Caucasian, his father African-American. So he kind of sees both ends of the spectrum there. So for him to do that was just great. And then, man, I got to give a lot of praise. I actually just got done watching before we went live here. Just a short little five minute clip of a, of uh, Darrell Wallace Jr., Bubba Wallace, uh, talking to Ricky Craven on NASCAR Race Hub uh, earlier tonight. And, man, Bubba Wallace has just been done a fantastic job of kind of being that head voice for NASCAR. Um, you know, Darrell Wallace Jr. being – being African-American, he's, again, just kind of like Dak, he's half African-American, half Caucasian. But the, the way that he has just kind of articulated everything and how he's kind of led the charge for this, and I just could not be more proud of that guy just as a, as a person. I mean, I just think what he's done has been outstanding. He shared a really touching text message that his mother had sent to him the day after the Floyd uh, murder and basically said, you know, I hope as a, having an African-American son, I hope I never have to live a day where, you know, what the Floyd family is going through. And Bubba got emotional talking about it on TV. And it was just, man, what, what Darrell Wallace Jr. has done has just, it should be absolutely be commended. I'm very, very proud of that guy. Absolutely, man. And and I will definitely go back and, and look at that on YouTube, man. Um, and, and that's good to hear. Yeah, the kid's a natural leader. And uh, man, I, I tell you what, that's, that's, that's good to know, man. It really is. But to kind of go back on, you know, what you said. Yeah, me and you both, man, we were a little confused 
as to why, you know, some of the uh, major, uh, you know, white NASCAR drivers did not release a statement. And, you know, we had talked about, you know, maybe they had PR teams and things of that nature and they want to be careful. And, you, you know, I don't think those guys are racist, but, you know, at that time, we're all emotional. We're all still pissed off what those idiots did. And then obviously just the, uh, you know, what's been happening to on black men and women, you know, the past couple of years. So I get it. But, um, you know, like you said, Reddick and Ty Dillon, those guys have new fans and me, you know, Chase is ultimately going to still be my driver, but I have gained so much respect for these young guys that, you know, and they're part of that generation, man, where they're fed up with this crap. They're, they they want to change the world, you know? So I really, really, uh, appreciate those drivers and then you know obviously uh you know i had sent a tweet to dell jr and you know it was a respectful tweet i just didn't you know when he initially released the he initially uh basically told tyler reddick he was proud of him and that he was going to get some flack and you know both me and you we discussed it we were a little disappointed in jr because we felt like he didn't necessarily state that he was either uh, we, we know that Junior's not a racist, but it just seemed like he was not as clear-cut. But, you know, he had um, then follow up a tweet later that night saying that he wanted to be clear. He supported the Black community. And, um, you know, we just need to, we all need to jump in and fix this. And I think his words would get this shit uh, fixed quickly, you know. <laughs> and so, you, you know, I respect that because Junior is still the leader of the sport. We know that. You know, and um, so his words mean a lot, man. But but yeah, man, it's it, 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 you know, like you said on Dak, you know, Dak uh, just the, the guy has just a way of really, really exhibiting leadership in some of the toughest moments. And you're right. I'm proud to call Dak my quarterback. I'm proud that, um, you know, him being a biracial, uh, <clears throat> you know, a biracial uh, uh person that he he recognizes that you know he he he's gonna take leadership and 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 do what's you know do what's right man so yeah the 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 sports guys and there's just count countless people that and i mean even our white brothers and sisters man they are coming out this is and the thing that really really has touched me okay we got the officers you know, charged and arrested, but people are protesting, man. The crowds are getting bigger and bigger and bigger because they want reform. They want uh, criminal justice reform. They want equality for every race across the board, man. And I really, really um, appreciate that, man. I, I really appreciate that the intensity in these protests, you know, as a matter of fact, I did one today here in my town of Loganville, Georgia, man. It was, and I'll tell you, man, it was just great to see everybody out there, man. And and so I, I feel that for the first time, we're truly going to have change. It's not going to be overnight. There's going to be, you're, there's just going to be, you know, it's anything that, anything this important, it's going to take a long time, but I feel that we're on the right, uh, right path. No, nah, man, I'm with you 100%. And uh, I've never, honestly, I've never seen the nation as almost galvanized as they are right now. I mean, we really do with all the protests and everything that are going on. You've got a lot of communities that are coming together right now that, that are ready to fight this thing, you know, hand in hand. And it's it's really just beautiful to see. Um, obviously, you've still got a small, small crew that's the other way. But um, for the most part, everybody is really galvanized and come together. And I'm really, really happy about that. And I, I'm with you as well. I think this is something that that maybe we're going to see some real change here, you know, in the next several years. I don't, obviously, it's not going to happen right away. But I think, you know, this could get the ball rolling as tragic and as horrible as this is. This was especially, you know, George Floyd's memory could be that this is what gets the ball rolling into this, um, you know, to help beat this combat racism in, in this country. And not only this country, man, I saw protests from like France and Germany and other countries where they're protesting the same thing. So that was really beautiful to see. This is definitely world uh, worldwide. 
Um, and then, you know, just kind of, I wanted to get your take cause I'm going to kind of ask you the question, um, and let you kind of go off on this here. Um, but the one thing I, I talked about maybe seeing some negatives, this true breeze had kind of an interesting comment today talking about basically that he was not against, he is basically against anybody not standing for the flag and not doing, you know, not, not representing the flag and, and against all the Colin Kaepernick stuff and, and all that. So what was your take on that for Drew Brees? And what do you think the flag's going to be kind of coming from that? Because man, I've seen some, some angry players on Twitter already. Let me tell you, man, Drew Brees is entitled to his opinion. We, I, I give him that, but let me tell you what Drew Brees did, and 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 I'm in a way I'm sort of glad he did it too, because that's truly how he feels, and it's disappointing because of the fact that it's not about the flag, it's about unarmed black men, black women getting killed, racial injustice with black people and the police, black and brown people. That's what it is. And for Drew Brees, he's a smart guy. He's a Hall of Famer. He's one of the greatest quarterbacks in the history of the NFL. And for him to be that tone deaf and and, and for him to be able to now, and, you know, I don't know what the pressure, I don't know if he'll come back out with a statement and backtrack. And I would almost wish he doesn't come out with a statement because then – you're painting yourself as a waffler, and it's going to be tough for Drew Brees to go back into that locker room and lead those black players and possibly some white players too, whoever's on the team. Because now they're going to understand, like, like Malcolm Jenkins said, it's easy to call yourself a friend when you're not asked of anything. You follow me? Absolutely. Yep. And, for, and for him, you know, and for him to do that, it's just, I, I could not believe it. But then again, um, I, you know, I, I've been listening to some of the, you know, some pastors that I follow, you know, some black and white pastors, and they're having these hard conversations. And Drew is one of those, unfortunately, he's one of those people that don't want to have the conversation, that does not want to admit. It is not about the flag. Uh, Colin Kaepernick, actually, we, we know the, uh, the uh, Green Beret, Nick, I forgot his last name, but um, they talked about it and he and Colin went to him and said, hey, what is the best way for me to be able to honor the flag and, you know, protest what's going on? And he that was the guy that told him to take a knee. You follow me? Yep. Because he was sitting on the bench and he asked the guy was sitting on the bench disrespectful. The guy said, absolutely. You, you, you know, you, you don't you don't sit down. So Colin, he said, I would much rather you take a knee. And that's what Colin did. And for Drew Brees to to criticize him, and think about this, everybody thought Colin was crazy, right? They yep. thought, you know, I mean, the president called him a son of a bitch, you know? Yep. And and he peacefully protests because he kind of foresaw what was what was coming. And lo and behold, George Floyd gets ironically killed with a knee to the neck for nine minutes. And I just cannot believe Drew Brees. Ah, oh, man, I, I just don't know. I don't know how he's going to be able to recover from this. I'm being really serious, Anthony. I may be um, over embellishing, but tell me what you think. No, man, I, I look. So my opinion on the situation here, I believe that if you feel so strongly about the flag that you don't want to kneel for it, that that is fine. If you want to stand for the flag during the anthem, then that is fine. That is your prerogative to do that. However, you have to be able to understand why the people that are kneeling for the flag are, are doing what they're doing. Um, so for a guy like Drew Brees, really right now has nothing to do with the flag. He should have been talking about what I wanted to see from Drew Brees was kind of like what we saw from the statement from Aaron Rodgers, who I called out last week as well on our podcast. Was happy to hear from Aaron Rodgers. And we've both called out Tiger Woods and Michael Jordan in the past. And both of them even spoke very, very nice words on this George uh, Floyd murder. So I yep. wanted to see something like that from Drew Brees. Right now is not the time to talk about anything with the flag. I thought it was just, it was kind of ignorant on his part to even say anything like that because 
right now it's all about justice, you know, for George Floyd and to stop police brutality from killing unarmed black and brown, you know, men and women. That's what we're talking about. So everybody protests their own way. And if Drew doesn't want to protest by kneeling for the flag, I'm okay with that. If he wants to stand for the national anthem, that's his prerogative. Um, However, you know, me personally, if the anthem's going to come on, I'm going to stand for the anthem as well. Um, I have Me family too. in my military that, that my dad was a Air Force uh, in the Air Force, and so was my grandfather, and that's how I look at that flag. But however, somebody next to me uh, who, you know, like uh, Colin Kaepernick or Michael Bennett, anybody, really, it doesn't matter if you were next to me and you were kneeling for the flag, I would have absolutely no problem with that as a peaceful protest and a way to bring attention. Um, what Colin Kaepernick did uh, brought a lot of attention to the issue. So I think it was it, what it's going to come down to. We're going to look at Colin Kaepernick in 10 years as probably the ultimate martyr because he gave up his job for something he thought was bigger. Because let's be real. I don't think Colin Kaepernick was a you know top five quarterback, but he was a hell of a lot better than probably – 70% of the quarterbacks that are backing up on rosters right now. There's no reason why Colin Kaepernick shouldn't be on a roster right now to this day, except for the fact that he kneeled for the anthem. I'm sorry. That's just the facts. He was too good. He would be on a roster right now, maybe not starting because he did struggle his last year and a half playing, but he would be a backup had he not done that. So he gave the a sacrifice and sacrificed millions of dollars for what he did. And for Drew to just not understand, that I just thought was really asinine of Drew Brees and I think he is gonna really have a hard time with his locker room this year um, not to mention just like I said the black uh, players that he has but also some of the white players are gonna come around and look at him like really dude like this is how you you're a bigger name than I am you know and this is how you decided to to, to speak on the situation like what gives and I think guys like Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, guys who he needs to have great relationships with to be able, offensive linemen that protect him, that he needs to have great relationships with for the Saints to be successful. I just don't think that's going to happen. So I think Drew Brees made a a career big mistake here. I don't think – I think it's going to really cost the Saints this year. And just bigger than that, I think he just comes across just as probably the most ignorant person that I've seen talk in any of sports. And it's really, really unfortunate because I was a big Drew Brees fan before this, and I really liked a lot of stuff that Drew did, especially after Katrina and all that stuff happened in New Orleans. But, man, after today, I I really got to – I'm kind of off Drew Brees right now. It's going to take a lot to get me back on. Hey, I totally agree. And I'm, 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 I'm going out with a bold prediction right now. Saints seven and nine. I'm 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 going it's it's gonna be too this issue has cut at the core of the nation. And I'm telling you, there's going to be dissension. You know, Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, they've already unfollowed him on Instagram and Twitter, and I know that sounds trivial, but that's huge on how we communicate now, right? Absolutely. And 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 you know other players just coming out and just absolutely destroying him, and I I, I just don't understand how I, I don't understand and you know just to go back and hear that interview he wasn't tricked no nope. he wasn't he he almost doubled down on it. And, 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 and that's the part where it's going to be tough for him to overcome. And the other thing, man, is that when Colin Kaepernick first took his knee, it was a very big divide because a lot of people didn't understand all the background of it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, Jerry Jones, our owner, said, you know, no cowboy will, will kneel for the flag. Uh, Richard Childress came out and said some stuff about that. And then, you know what, now we're three years, four years later from Colin Kaepernick, Richard Childress's grandson is Ty Dillon is one of the first drivers who spoke on the situation. RCR spoke on the situation. So over what Colin did was not only brought um, 
brought the spotlight to it, but it brought a lot of education to it from people that, that just didn't, weren't aware of what was going on. And I thought that was the case with, you know, Jerry Jones and a Richard Childress. I don't believe those guys are, are racist at all. Let me just say that for one. I don't think one second, any of those, either of those guys are, but they just, they were very passionate about the flag and they didn't understand. Now we're looking four years later and it's completely different. And for everybody to kind of, follow along that path and for Drew Brees to be left behind is just really, really sad on Drew Brees's part that he's still that far disengaged from the rest of the community. And and I agree with you, man. I wouldn't be surprised if there's some players on that Saints team that maybe come August might be looking at their agents and saying, dude, if this guy's still the quarterback, I want to trade. Like, trade me now. Get me out of here. I wouldn't be shocked at that one bit. Yeah, man. Uh, they they got they he they got a tough road to hold. Uh, the, the Saints do, and and I and I know that the whole PR team and and I I just I I know Sean Payton and and uh you know Mickey Loomis and 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 the Benson family. I know they have to. I I man, <laughs> I know they're like, oh my goodness, I. I know they are like, wow, we cannot believe this. You know what I'm saying? Because the Saints are the Saints is trending and, and uh Drew Brees is trending. And it and, and and it's all because of a guy who, you know, you know where he stands. He he is not ready to readily have the conversation that unfortunately, um, you know, he's a part of white privilege and he gets uh you know, privileges that a black man doesn't, especially when dealing with law enforcement, and he can't come out of his mouth and admit that that's what this whole issue is about. And that's very disappointing, man. Yeah, and, and even think about, you know, not only the Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara thing, you know, with him throwing the ball to them, but think about what Drew Brees, Drew Brees was probably going into the last year of his uh, career. This was probably going to be Drew Brees' last year, and he was going to, you know, I'm not saying this still, I don't think he's going to retire. He will be the last year of his career. I think he's still going to play it out. But a big part of his job for this year, from from what I've been reading, is that he was going to mentor Jameis Winston and try to get Jameis Winston ready to potentially be that quarterback, that next quarterback for the Saints. How can Drew Brees, how can Jameis Winston look at Drew Brees seriously now as any kind of a mentor? After all, this has gone down. So, man, there's a lot of layers to that issue. And, and man, I'm with you. The Saints Saints are going to be – they're in some trouble this year for this. And and I do, honestly, as much flack as True Breeze has gotten. It's going to be all over the shows tomorrow. I expect Skip and Shannon to talk about Breeze. I think Stephen A. will touch on it. I think Cowherd will talk on it. I think you'll see it everywhere. And I, I bet probably about – midday to mid early uh, evening tomorrow i bet drew Brees pulls out some kind of statement where he kind of reclarifies but man i think the damage might already be done i mean at least in my mind the damage is done absolutely and keep in mind too he's tabbed to uh join the sunday night football after next year too yeah that's gonna be on the table too and that could be huge because i'm gonna tell you something Man, if he becomes toxic, he will not be in that booth. I'm gonna tell you right now, he will not be in that booth. Absolutely, yeah. the 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 NBC is where he was supposed to go. Those uh, networks, they are not gonna put anybody in that booth that jeopardizes any kind of rating. So, yeah, hundred percent right on that. They are not gonna put Drew Brees on that on that role if he, they think it's gonna cost them any kind of ratings on Sunday night football. And man, those guys, I mean Tony Romo is getting paid an unreal amount of money to be a reporter so uh, or an announcer. So Drew Brees could have potentially cost himself not only a career after football, but we're talking 50 to maybe, I don't know, $100 million. I mean, somebody like Troy, who's been doing it for, for 15 years now, I mean, think of how much money Aikman's made as a broadcaster. He probably raked in more as a broadcaster than he has as a player. I'll bet if you looked at his numbers side oh, by absolutely. side, he's made more as a broadcaster than he did as a player. And Drew Brees potentially just threw all that away. And, you know, I, I, I'm not going to sit here today and say I feel sorry for him because I, I just – I don't. Absolutely, man. And another thing I want to touch on before we kind of switch and talk about some some of the great racing this past weekend and, and then obviously NBA. Um, you know, I'm a veteran 
of the military, man. I, I served eight years in the military, and I, I served them proud, man. I made a lot of great uh, contacts and relationships, brothers, sisters um, that are lifelong. And just to just to see the position that our troops have been put in, okay, um, by our commander in chief, and I say our because I'm a veteran. And whether I, no matter how I feel about the commander, that's our commander in chief. And to be able to, what I witnessed uh, uh, Monday with the whole thing with the tear gassing and, you know, and using rubber bullets to, to unarm peaceful protesters just to get a photo op uh, made me literally sick to my stomach. You follow me? Yes. And 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 just to and I'm gonna tell you, man, um, I I did not vote for President Trump, but you know, I I literally went in it with, you know, we gotta give him an opportunity to to be able to uh, you know lead the country. But I I can tell you this what I have witnessed from the leadership coming out of that White House. It, it, it just it, it's I I don't it's 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 sickening, okay, and and to be a veteran and and to see you know these huge military generals you know James Mattis, um, a couple of other generals come out and 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 just say that we have a commander in chief that is just kind of unhinged. It's disappointing. It's, it's it's for where our country is at and how we're looked at and, 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 and to feel pity and shame from other countries. It's disappointing, man. And I, I, I just I just hope and I pray for our commander in chief. I pray for our president. But I, I don't know, man. So, I, you, you know, I, I don't I never want to get political, but I just had to get off my chest. Nah, man. Well said. And uh yeah, I just really, really hope that, you know, within the next few weeks that we can at least keep the peaceful protesting going because I really, really enjoy that. But I'm really hoping we can get the military out of these big cities and get the looters out and, you know, shooting people with rubber bullets and tear gas and all that stuff, you know, just to take a, a picture with the Bible on your hand. Just I just don't understand. I mean, that's just all that's all I can really say on that situation. I'm just. I don't even know what to say. I'm just completely just gobsmacked of the whole thing. So, um, yeah, I'm hoping that in a, in, you know, a very short time, we're, we're back to normal here as a country. Absolutely, man. Well, look, we had some great racing in Bristol and, uh, let's get into it, man. It, it was a very exciting, uh, uh, cup race on Sunday. And I'll tell you what, man, even though Chase didn't win, I was still proud of him, man. Yes. Yeah, man. So Bristol, man, I love Bristol. Just kind of go from the uh, start with there, man. It was a great race we saw on Sunday. Um, kind of the race started and it was an interesting race from the start because it really seemed like it took a while for that PJ one, that traction spray that they put down there on that bottom groove at Bristol. Yeah. Just seems like it took it a while to really come in. So the first, seemed like the first hundred laps if you started restarted on the inside lane you were pretty much done um and the outside lane was just gonna freight train you and then after like 10 15 laps of a run the bottom will start to slowly come in and then about mid-race that bottom groove was completely in and we had two really awesome grooves at bristol that was the one thing i was really excited about and I was really happy to see. I know a lot of fans, you know, we like to see a lot of action and a lot of fans maybe like seeing a lot of wrecks at a place like Bristol. But, man, you had a top groove and a bottom groove and even a middle groove yep. that were all really, really fast, you know, depending on how your car was working. So that was really, really cool to see. Chase Chase was a great example because there was a time there in the, the, that race where Chase was running that top groove almost right against the wall, like a hard arc into the turn. And, man, he was flying running that top groove but some of the other guys you know up front like Keselowski and 
and those guys were kind of running that bottom groove right on the bottom, right in that in that traction compound, and they were fast too. And then Chase would just catch them running that top groove after like 20, 30 laps of a run. So man, the, what what they've done with Bristol, you know, when they when they did the remodel to Bristol and they made that progressive banking, like what was I think like ten years ago? At first, I was like, man, what the hell are they doing at Bristol? Don't mess with that place. Um, but now that they've added this traction compound, has really saved Bristol because before they had the traction compound races were getting a little bit rough there because it was one groove, but it was all the way against the top, which is a lot different for a short track. But now with that traction compound being on that bottom groove, man, having two grooves that whole race was really, really awesome to see. And uh, just side-by-side racing pretty much throughout. Yeah, no, absolutely, man. Yeah, uh, I'll tell you, man, you know, with Chase winning the uh, first two stages, and I, I don't know if I don't know if I text you or whatever, I just felt like, the track was going to change. You know, I felt like the track was going to change. Yep. And I felt like for whatever reason, they were going to kind of be chasing their tails towards the end. And ultimately that kind of happened. Although I felt like he still had the best car and it's unfortunate that he didn't win it, but, but yeah, man, Bristol, I love Bristol and I, and you're right. I love what they've done with the track, man. And I just can't, I can't wait till the night race there. Oh my goodness! Me too. I can't wait Me too. That is going to be that great. Be awesome. And that is tentatively scheduled to be in the playoffs oh, this year. They move that race oh, to the playoffs, so that could be really exciting. Absolutely, man. Yeah, that that that's that's going to be a spectacle, man. But I, I tell you, man, just you know, I texted you when I think it was I think it was thirty to go, if I'm not mistaken, and you had Kyle Busch, you had Joey Logano, and you had Denny Hamlin uh, up front with Chase. And I told you, I said, now is the time where Chase is gonna have to kind of face his fears. Yep. He's gonna have to, he's gonna have to show these guys that he can race with them. And man, I was so impressed with how he, you know, he passed Kyle for third, and then he eventually passed Denny, and then it was him and Joey, and and you know, they had that caution just before. Uh, yeah, had he had made the pass, but they had that caution. I I forgot which car it was. I know it was one of the uh the the uh the, the, the lower end teams. And um I just knew that once that caution came, I, I just I had a feeling that oh man, this is really not gonna go our way because we all know Joey Logano is great on restarts, man. And man, yep. he got out there yes. and I was like, Oh man. But just to see the way Chase battled back and and you know, I you know, Logano's not my favorite driver. And I would have been upset with Logano if he had done the same thing that Chase did to him. But for me as a Chase fan, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for him to drive in there tough and to just let it all hang out, man. And I'm so proud of him in terms of that. But, um, you know, Brad K, he, he, Brad K is one of these guys that just hangs around, hangs around, hangs around. And when the opportunity pre- presents itself, he pounces. And you got to give the guy credit for that, man. Yeah, amen. To kind of piggyback off what you said with Brad Kay, I just remember a statement that I want to say Mark Martin said years, years ago, and he said, you're not going to go from running top 15 to winning races, okay? you got to progressively go from top 10, top 15, the top 10s, the top 5s, and then you'll start winning races. And that's exactly what Brad Kay does because he's always hanging around the top 5, and then when an opportunity presents itself for him to get a win, kind of steal a win, you know, quote, unquote, that's what he does. And we just watched him do it two weeks in a row, basically. He took a win at Bristol away from either, you know, Chase or Joey, depending on how that turns out. And, of course, the week before, he took the win away from Chase after the uh, issue, you know, with the pit and there at the last minute with the caution coming out with, like, two big go. So, yeah, man, Brad K. just everything. You consistently run in the top five. Eventually, you're going to have the dominoes are going to fall your way, and you're going to find yourself in reach your lane. So, when I think of Brad K., that's kind of what I what I think about. Um, regarding the ch- uh, situation there at the end between, you know, all those guys battling, uh, one, man, I was really happy to see Joey kind of use up Danny. I'll kind of start there <laughs> because uh, I love when Danny and Joe – I kind of love when Danny and Joey are kind of like battling with each other because it's good for the sport. Um, I – I admit I am a Joey Logano. I would say a fan. I really I support Joey. I like him. I think he's super aggressive, which I I enjoy. Um, I 
not a big Denny fan. I have, I used to really be out on Denny about two years ago. And then the last couple of years, I've really started, I've started to like him because of stuff that he said, stuff that he's, you know, done. I've seen him do out on the track, you know, last year when he got emotional beating my boy, Matty D that really made me like Denny a lot when he beat him at Bristol and he, you know, said a lot of good words about him. So Denny's, I, I like him more than I used to. However, like every like I don't know, like once every ten weeks, Danny'll just say something like bonehead comment, and then I'll be like, I'm out on Danny <laughs> again. I can't can't take this guy because he just does. He'll just say like the dumbest stuff from time to time. Um, uh, so I thought that was pretty cool. Like I want to see. I like it when him and Joey are battling. Um, I think it's good for the sport because they're always up front. You know, Danny and Joey are always running in the top five, top ten. So to have guys that kind of don't like each other and they're always running up front is pretty awesome. And, you know, let's not be be honest with Joey Logano. Joey, I think, still has some bitterness towards Joe Gibbs Racing for how it how that went down when he got out of that 20 car. So I think that kind of I don't think him and Hamlin and and Kyle Busch necessarily got along that great. And I think that is what could have potentially forced Joey out of that 20 car. So Joey's, I think always drives with that chip on his shoulder since he's been at Penske in the 22, like, look, I got to beat these Gibbs cars and show them what I got. And, and Joey has kind of done that. I mean, he's got a championship, right. And, and, and Danny Hamlin does not have one. So, you know, Kyle's got two obviously, but when it comes to that head to head, Joey versus Denny, Joey's really held his own since he went to team Penske. He had like one win for Joe Gibbs racing in like four years. Was the team Penske and he's got, you know, 20 plus wins now when he went to Penske. So, so kind of start there. I love that rivalry's back when it goes to chase. Okay. I like what Chase did for a couple reasons. One, I thought that it's really important that Chase stands up for himself because if he didn't stand up for himself, he's going to continue to get bullied around. So to see Chase stand up for himself was great. You got to go in there and you got to ruffle these guys' feathers, man. They will take advantage of you every chance they get if you don't do that. So I was definitely good with that. And two, Joey already had a win. Chase already had a win. So – both of them are already locked into the playoffs. So all Chase did was he just drove it down and see if drive it down deep and let's see if that thing will stick. It didn't stick, and it turned out he ended up wrecking the both of them, and Brad K ended up winning. But he gave it the try, which is what I like to see. To me, if Joey didn't have a win, if Joey had not won a race yet, and Chase had made that move, I maybe I maybe have been a little bit critical of Chase, like all right, kind of wrecked Joey when Joey had a race one. But they've both already got a win, and so you're just trying to get now that extra five bonus points, playoff points for winning the race that you get to take into the playoffs. So. Really, to me, it's no harm, no foul, good hard racing. I liked them after the race. Them, They had a nice discussion after the race. They were mad, but they weren't overly mad. Um, I texted you, man. It makes me feel old when I see Joey Logano <laughs> put on, like, old man glasses and yelling at a young guy. Because I remember when Joey started in the sport as, like, a 19-year-old kid, and Mark Martin called him, you know, sliced bread. He's the greatest thing since sliced yep. bread. That's how good he is. And and now, you know, now he's, like, a 20 – Joey's only, like, 30. He's, like, a 30 year old veteran because he's been in the sport so long but man the end of that racing was exciting it was great and man it was just awesome storylines awesome racing and and i would have liked this honestly i would have liked to see chase win uh, get the back-to-back win and i would have liked to see joey win but i was all right with brad k getting the victory yeah absolutely uh great run by jimmy johnson and man i am still between john hunter nemechek man and Tyler Reddick, those guys, those kids, man, I'm looking, I'm going to go out on a limb, bold prediction. One of those two guys are going to get a win. And it may be a super speedway, you know, but one of those guys, there's a possibility they could get a win. That's, hey, man, I said in our pre now preseason podcast that I expected a rookie to go to victory lane this year. So I am right there with you, man. I think one of those guys, I think John Hunter, it would have to happen at a super speedway. I think Tyler Reddick could win anywhere, to be honest with you. As much good as he runs, I think he can win it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And for those of you that want to fact check him, go to episode number two. And he says it right there. So (laughs) I I agree with you, man. I did not get to uh, watch, watch the Xfinity race 
from uh from Monday. Um, so I don't know if you did. I was I was very busy between work and doing some other stuff. But um, you got a little quick recap on that. Yeah, man. So let me tell you the Xfinity race. Uh, just to kind of do a quick recap, absolute wreck fest, man. They were tearing up cars from the start all the way up until the end. Uh, like lap four, Ross Chastain got loose uh, and and ended up getting into a wreck. And Michael Annette ended up wrecking his car in that deal as well. So you got like two top contenders out and Austin Cindric as well. So actually three top contenders out on like lap four of a 300 lap race, which was you know, just crazy. Um, but yeah, it was just an absolute wreck fest. They only ended with like 13 cars on the lead lap. And like four of those 13 cars were underfunded teams. that got some great finishes just merely because they missed wrecks and, and, you know, did a good job. Um, and then right at the end of the race, it was really Justin Allgaier's race to win. Justin Allgaier dominates Bristol in the Xfinity series and Noah Gregson, who happens to be his teammate, absolutely wow. dumps them with about five laps to go just wrecks justin allgaier and uh, noah gregson they have a caution they have a restart gregson holds off to get the win gregson was apologetic after the race that he didn't mean to do it but man it was a tough situation because noah's already got a win noah won daytona and i know noah's a young driver it's only his second year but that's his teammate. He, Justin Allgaier does not have a win yet. So you would think in that situation, your teammate who doesn't have a win, you know, would, if he has a chance to pass you clean, that's one thing. But, man, Noah, you look at that replay, man, he he just looked to me like he just dumped Allgaier. They say he said he got loose, but, you know, from the replay, it doesn't look good. So it was a really, really good race. Like I say, if you like a lot of wrecks and not a lot of long green flag runs and you love Monday night's race, but it was a solid race and uh, some exciting storylines there at the end with the teammates. Excellent recap, man. Excellent recap. Yeah, man. I, uh, uh, I, I got a, I got an opportunity to look at Twitter a little bit and I saw, uh, I was following uh, Kobe, um, on, on, on Twitter and I saw where every time it was caution and, you know, so I, I really didn't. Uh, I kind of figured it was a wreck fest, but man, that that that's good stuff, man. That's that's real good stuff. Hey, we got Atlanta this weekend. Yeah, man, really looking forward to Atlanta this weekend. Um, what now? Would you be going to that race if they were allowing fans in the stands? Was that something you were going to try to go to? Because I know absolutely, you're pretty close man. there, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I was gonna. I was. I was. That that was one that I had, um, especially with us doing the pod now. That was one that I was just gonna, you know, because tickets are for whatever reason, uh, it doesn't draw like it used to draw in the past. So you can just go right up there and get tickets, you know. And um, I definitely was gonna go, but hey, man, I'll still, uh, you know, enjoy it on television and um, and you know that old that old sandpaper. Uh, I call it rocking hand number two, you know? And yes. Yes. Like a Darlington, num- like a Darlington number two is what it's turned into. Um, yeah. For those of you fans that have never seen a race in Atlanta, basically I like to call it like, it's basically like driving on gravel. If you see the uh, asphalt now, the close up of the asphalt, it literally looks like gravel on Atlanta. That's how chunked up the an old the asphalt is. I mean, we're talking like after four laps, the lap times are like a second slower after four laps. So there's no pitch strategy at Atlanta. When the caution comes out, I'm going to come in and I'm getting me four tires because, you know, old tires ain't working at Atlanta. New tires are king. Um, there is so, – so Saturday we got a double header. You got a truck race at 1 o'clock and the Xfinity race, I believe, at – it's following the truck race tentatively got it scheduled till at four, but you know, if the trucks run longer, they'll push it back a bit. Both those races at Atlanta. So that's kind of cool that they're doing a double header yep. at the same track like that. Um, the truck race KB's in the truck race. So you better believe he's going to be the favorite. Kyle Bush would be the favorite to win that truck race on Saturday. Um, no cup guys in the Xfinity race due to they're doing that dash for cash deal where the top four could get a bunch of money into the next race. So only Xfinity regulars, um, I look for Chase Briscoe to be real fast again at Atlanta. He seems like he's kind of the new Christopher Bell, uh, Tyler Reddick, where he's just pretty much fast everywhere in Xfinity this year. Um, and then on the cup side, man, cup side is going to be interesting. It, Atlanta is not a track where typical rookies do well. So I'm really looking at those two guys you mentioned earlier, John Hunter Nemechek, Tyler Reddick, and even Christopher Bell and Cole Custer. 
Like, I want to see what these rookies can do in Atlanta because it's not a track that generally rookies do well at um, because you have to save your equipment and you can really burn your stuff up after, like, 10 laps on a run. Um, so, with that, I'm going to have to go with a veteran um, in Atlanta. I'm just feeling Kevin Harvick this weekend. I don't know why. Um, I just got this feeling about Kevin Harvick. I feel like he's going to win and go to victory lane. Um, so, that's who I'm going with, man. I'm going to go man, with Harvick, Harvick That's week. a great pick. Harvick has a strong history in Atlanta too, man. So uh, I'm going to go with uh, Kyle Busch. I, I, I just think that um, at some point, Kyle has got to be able to turn this thing around. And, you know, I say turn around. It's not like he's God awful, but I just feel like, uh, you know, Atlanta's a good track for him. Um, and and I, I just think at some point something's going to click for him. And um, I'm looking for him to, to uh, take it to victory lane. Although, Keep an eye on Jimmy and also keep an eye on Brad. Just keep an eye on those guys. But I agree with you, it's going to be a veteran-laden race. you got to be able to the guys that can kind of manage the tires. I don't know how many sets they're going to have. Or you think they're going to still have the nine sets of tires or what? They're going to limit them for sure. Um, My guess is NASCAR will probably allow them some more due to the old track surface. Um, I'm thinking Atlanta's a pretty long race, man. I think it's like 330 laps because it's a 500 lapper or 500 miler. So it's a pretty long race. So I'm thinking that they'll probably allow them guys somewhere maybe between 11 to 12 sets of tires. Um, But yeah, man, you've got to be, say, you just got to be really smart about when you're using those tires because if you lose, use all your tires up and there's a caution with let's say 15 laps to go even if you're sitting on only like four lap tires on your car if somebody in the back's gonna be able to get new tires they're gonna come up through the field like superman because there's just that big of a difference between a four and five lap run at atlanta versus new tires so yeah that's gonna add some strategy to that um i agree with your guys to watch there one other one that i would say to watch just every time, man, in NASCAR, it seems like if a driver goes to adversity, they generally do really well the next week. So that's why, you know, I picked Chase at, at after the Shark Coke 600 deal. I picked him at, at uh, for the next Charlotte race because it kind of always how it works out. So look for Joey Logano yeah, to be really strong. Too. And after getting you know, kind of wrecked at the end of that race, I wouldn't be surprised if Logano. Yeah, and he runs, he, he runs uh, really well in Atlanta, too. So, yeah, that, that that's a great pick, man. Yeah. And, um, all right. So we'll kind of switch here, I guess, to the NBA. Um, I'll be honest, man. I don't know a whole lot about this, uh, 22 team deal. So I'm going to kick that to you and let you kind of talk about that. Um, man, I've been like super busy at work this week and I've just started to where I got to start going back in at like five 30 in the morning. So I'm getting up ultra early and I just haven't had as much time the last couple of days to look at that kind of stuff. Um, so what are we looking at here for the NBA? Absolutely, man. I'll take that assist and score right quick. So basically, it's going to be a 22-team uh, tournament, and they're they're slated to play uh, the remaining eight games, uh, re- uh, remaining eight regular season games. Okay, so uh, each team will look at you know the you know who they had left off, and they'll play the remaining eight, and then the regular season is done. At that point, um, they're bringing. 13 teams from from the West because you have to be within four games of the actual four games of 500 or so four games out of eight out of the uh, AC. Okay. Um, and they're bringing nine okay. from the East. And so what they're going to do is you'll have the eight games and then they're going to have uh, a sudden, a sudden death tournament to, uh, to come up with the, Let's say the eight seed, the two eight seed teams are going to have to be in this uh, yep. sudden death tournament to determine who's going to be the eight seed in order to take on the Lakers and the Bucks if they both and they're both expected to hang on into the uh, you know to the number one seeds. So there's there's some trickeration in there. I, I you know it just come out, so I hadn't really studied it like you, but I just kind of heard a little bit from there, and I also know that they're trying to figure out some advantages for the, the, you know, the number one seeds. Um, they, they've got some, some really weird stuff out there. I know Adrian Wojnarowski from ESPN and Sham Sharon Rania, uh, they're both are kind of 
uh, laying out what the specifics are going to be. Um, you know, obviously the, it's going to be in Orlando. Um, there, there's not going to be any fans as we know. And so they're just trying to figure out um, how they are going to, um, you know, in terms of how they're going to uh, the advantage for the number one seed. And um, another thing too, um, they are also looking at, if I'm not mistaken, they're going to be multiple games, you know, in order to uh, get the season done and, and things of that nature. And they're still trying to figure whether they're going to have, you know, the uh, either if the first round is going to be best of five or best of seven, they're still trying to figure that out. And we know that the tentative date for the finals to end will actually be um, the week of Halloween. So there, 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 there's, there's some, and you have some NBA insiders and, you know, some of the guys like Barkley and them, they're upset because of the fact that it's going to be going up against um, the finals is going to be going up after the, going to be the NFL. The NFL and college and college football. So yes. a lot of the uh, NBA, uh, you, you know, a lot of NBA uh, old time vets, things of that nature. They're, 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 they're concerned about the ratings and things of that nature. So uh, we'll see, man. I hopefully still, hopefully we can get Lakers Clippers uh, Western conference, you know, Western conference finals, but in Orlando, which will be weird, right? <laughs> With no fans, but Hey man. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you one thing, um, kind of off that. Yeah, going head-to-head with the NFL, if it's going that late into Halloween uh, week, that's definitely different. But, man, I'll tell you, the America, we've been so thirsty for sports over yep. the last three months that I think even a multiple options, I still think they're going to have ratings through the roof uh, once we get kicking this stuff back on. And if we got NFL football, college football, and NBA playoffs going on, Rating's going to be fine because I'm going to be wearing my remote out is what's going to happen there. Um, yeah, that proposal seems good. I like kind of where they're at. Um, so I'm cool with that. I did see just kind of real quick. I know we're kind of going long here on the longer one, but just real quick, I wanted to get your take on this because I saw this video earlier today. Um, I'll give mine real quick. They were talking, a couple guys on TV were talking about, you know, does it – do you think it's going to diminish an asterisk to the championship um, because of them not having to play for, for two months or, or having three months off or whatever, and then starting back up, does that asterisk it, you know, for the championship? I personally don't believe so, man. I know in like 2002 when the Spurs won the championship, it was a lockout season and they started late um, or maybe that was like 99. And I think LeBron's championship in 2012 was a lockout season and they started late. And to me, there was no asterisk on any of that stuff. It was, still a real season to me so to me whoever's the champion is the champion this year and i am excited to get it going back and uh ready to see clippers and lakers absolutely man no i don't think it'll be asterisk either and we all know the history books once it's a couple of years because you're right you know the spurs won it in 99 and they played like 50 regular season games and then obviously the miami heat they played 66 regular season games coming out that uh, lockout so no, man. Um, I don't. I don't think it'll be an asterisk. You know, obviously these guys, these uh, these uh, debate shows, they gotta have topics to talk about and things of that nature. If anything, I think, you know, due to COVID, not having fans, those guys are still gonna be out of their element. There, there technically won't be any uh, home court advantage. So I think, if anything, yes. it's gonna be. Uh, you, you know the the team that uh, that has the mental fortitude. I I think this championship is going to be a unique championship, if you ask me. And I think it's going to be one of the better champions, based on all the adversity, based on what's going on in our world. I think it'll be one of the championships that'll be rather coveted, if you ask me. Now I agree, and I think with that proposal that you're talking about, with them not really being a home field advantage or home court advantage, with there not being fans in the stands, I think you could really see an upset potentially. And that's one thing that I would be on high alert. You know, is it could a six seed knock out a three, or a seven knock out a two, or even you know an eight knock out a one? If you're talking about a five game series with no home court advantage, man you're a number one seed and you don't have, you know, home court, you're playing at a neutral site and you go down two games to none. Good luck trying to come back from that and win a five game series, even if it is against an eight seed. So yeah, I think it's going to be, it's, it's just going to add even more elements. I think that'll make the basketball just fantastic. But ultimately, I, ultimately I look for those veteran stars to really rise during that occasion. So I really think you're going to see Lakers Clippers in the West and in the East. I really think, 
I really think Milwaukee is going to end up coming out. Of Absolutely. I, really I think you'll see Lakers, Clippers. I think you will see Milwaukee, Toronto. And I think in the finals, you'll see Lakers, Bucks with the Lakers taking it in six games. I, I am I'm going and saying you are going to see the Clippers and the Bucks in the finals. But I'll be honest, man, that really worries me because I think if the Clippers take the Lakers, it would take seven games to beat them. So I'm worried that the Clippers could be beat up and having to play a Bucks team that, like, beat the Raptors or the Celtics in, like, five games. So they're on a bunch of rest going into the finals. So, man, I, I just – I have a feeling – I just have this weird feeling, as much talk of the L.A. teams get, that this could be the year of the Bucks, and that, you know, I'm, I'm going to say Milwaukee beats the Clippers wow. and they beat them in wow. seven games. Wow, that, that's, 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 a, that's a true prediction from a Clippers fan, man. So I appreciate it, man. Yeah, it kills me to say that, but that's, that's hey, man, just the that's, way I that's feel what about it's it. all about, man. You're one of the real ones, man. Well, look, man, this was great. It was great to share. Um, you know, once again with you in terms of just, you know, what's going on in our world. We keep it real every time we talk. And um, I'll tell you, man, I, I really appreciate, you know, us doing this, especially it's a little later than what we would normally do. But, man, I, I thought it was well worth it. And um, I hope that our listeners enjoy it, man. Yeah, me too. I really appreciate hearing your perspective on the situation because, Obviously, you know, I can't feel the perspective that you can see this kind of stuff on. You know, you live this perspective. So I'm really just honored to have you as a as a host of this and also, you know, a friend that, I, that I've had now for the last, you know, year. So really appreciate all you do for that. And um, really, hopefully everybody liked what we had to say the first half of the show and then the back half of the show kind of got back to some sports and kind of kind of get away from all that stuff for a little bit and, and give you something Absolutely, else. Absolutely, man. Well, look, man, have a great rest of your week, man. And same to all the listeners, okay? All right, take it.